Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. The podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we're here to become better habitat managers. You want to say hi? Hi. My daughter, Harper, and I, as well as the rest of the family, are up here at the Northern 70 enjoying our Thanksgiving weekend. Go Blue! Game's on right now. We apologize for a delay in getting this launch for you guys here, but it was a eventful week so far. We have a great podcast for you here today. We have um, updates on the Northern 70 and updates on the brand new HP 40 acre property. So my dad and I recorded a podcast as we were ripping up north after the Lions game on Thursday. And um, we kind of go into, you know, deer camp after we hunted the whole Northern 70, all the different things going on here. You might even hear the loggers in the background. They just took a big truckload of maple out of here. Uh, they've been cutting all day, every day. They took Thursday, Friday off, but they're back here today on Saturday. They'll be here tomorrow working seven days a week trying to get this cut before winter. Um, I actually saw four or five deer down there tonight, or I'm sorry, this morning in the cut we hunted this morning, and uh, I spooked them out on my way down, kind of a bad morning spot. I'm learning as I go, and then I ended up seeing, I stocked up on another doe, and then saw three more deer uh, wrapped up the morning, swapping some cameras out, collecting my saddle gear, etc. So, guys, awesome podcast for you here today. I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are enjoying this weekend with your family. We went and got a Christmas tree today. We're going to go downtown and watch the Christmas tree lighting tonight here in town and um, have some hot chocolate, some chili. Make some chili? Make some chili and, uh, you know, just really enjoying the family time this weekend. So, you know, again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you guys are having a great weekend and we're going to keep this short and sweet. I just want to thank all the listeners for coming back once again. Thank you for everybody leaving us the five-star reviews on Apple iTunes. 
There's a link below in the show notes. If you scroll down, leave us a five-star review. I will send you a Habitat Podcast decal for free. Also, thank you to the land plan clients who have already booked our Habitat Podcast land plans. We already have a bunch of them booked here in Michigan. We're booking them in Wisconsin and everywhere else, too. Um, if you're interested, reach out now. We'll probably shut off the uh, the guest list here pretty soon. We only take on a certain amount every year, and we want to make sure we give a quality plan and not just a cookie-cutter, bang-em-out type plan. So HabitatPodcast.com with the land plans. Thank you so much who are, to all those who are already signed up. We look forward to helping you improve your property like we're doing here at the Northern 70, and uh, we'll be doing soon at the HP40. So I want to thank our partners. I want to thank Tagged Out Seed Products, Vitalized Seed Company, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Packer Max Cult of Packers, Morse Nursery, Downburst Cedars, and United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Guys, we put it up on our Facebook yesterday during Black Friday. A lot of folks are running great deals this weekend. Um, Exodus running great deals right now. Packer Max, great deals right now. Morse Nursery, great deals right now. So check them out, guys. Support the people that support us. We really appreciate that. And um, just again, thank you to everyone. Please tell a friend about the podcast. Shoot them this episode. Share it. If you want to improve your land, we are here to become better habitat managers together. This is brought to you by Tagged Out Seed Products. Guys, Rich Hickson, my friend from Southern Ohio, owner of Tagged Out Seed Products, is here to help. I know a lot of folks from Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, Kentucky, all hunt Ohio, Southern Ohio. There's some giants down there. I've been hunting down there for years. So is Brian. Um, guys, Rich is here to help if you hunt in that area. Rich is a dealer for 360 hunting blinds, some of the best blinds I've ever been a part of and seen. He offers professional installation of these blinds if you'd like. They'll also do designing and planning food plots, establishing bedding areas, establishing screening, access, anything you want, you know, trail cutting, unwanted vegetation control, invasives. He's kind of the guy on the ground for you. You know, here at Habitat Podcast, we design a lot of land plants. We design them. We offer our expertise and give you the map to success. Rich is the next step. Rich will put it into play for you if you need the help, if you're not around. If you'd like some additional expertise, you know, he'll, he'll bring these plans to life for us, for you out of state landowners, um, feeder filling, trail camera adjustments, whatever you need. He's like, he's like a property manager. Um, he also supplies a lot of large volume feeders where legal. Uh, he can also help you with any sort of hunting advice that you might need. He's veteran owned. He's a veteran. Single dad, two kids, loves the outdoors. And I just, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, I just, I love his moral where his moral compass is at and, and his outlook on things. And um, he's been in business three years now, serving landowners in Southern Ohio, Northern West Virginia, Northern Kentucky, and Western Pennsylvania. Guys, check him out on Facebook and Instagram at Tagged Out Seed Products. That's the at symbol, Tagged Out Seed Products. Check him out, Rich Hickson with Tagged Out Seed Products, new partner of the Habitat Podcast. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, you know. Kind of got that holiday grind going on right now. Well, hoping for a better Lions output today, honestly. Um, I don't know, you have fun? Well, my enthusiasm remained. I mean, it's... You're enthusiastic. It's such a great time anyway, and, you know. But, yeah, they didn't quite keep it all together, but the whole experience was awesome. I mean, it's just... It's not like watching anything on television when you're there. It's, it's totally different, event. right? Oh, just indescribably different. I mean, it's 
a great experience for sure. So for those who don't know, today's Thanksgiving. It's about, I don't know, 6.30 p.m. Dad and I are ripping up 75 to the Northern 70 for the weekend. And we just left the Lions game. It's, it's our tradition. Um, my father-in-law has been to the Lions game for 53 years in a row, 54 years in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think actually 55, but I think COVID screwed him up for one year. Yeah, but, COVID got a year. But he's right, he's right up there. He's So, like, I'd never really been to a lot of pro football games before I met my wife and, and that whole thing. And then you came to your, it's your first NFL game last year, right? Correct. Yep. Last Thanksgiving, actually. It was. That was it. Didn't know what to expect. I'll tell you what, when you get downtown Detroit, you have Baseball Park America right there, and you have, you know, Ford Field right there, and you have all the casinos, and you have that whole, whole big Mixing vibe going pot. on down there. And then you have people just everywhere, tailgating and everything else. It's just, it's just really cool. You know, it's really upbeat. Yeah, and, and last year we, I think we played Buffalo, and we almost beat them. We lost at the end, but it was extremely loud, extremely fun. We stayed till the end. It was awesome. This year, the Lions schedule, I figured we'd be, you know, we already beat Green Bay once. It's going to be the loudest I've ever heard it in that joint, and it was like the antithesis. It was just, they came out strong and just kept the pedal down the whole time, and man, it was not the same vibe as last year. Well, uh, unfortunately. You're right. When you score on the first drive in the first five minutes, if you will, three minutes, kind of set the yeah. tone, whatever it was. But hey, you know, comeback kids, just like uh, playing Chicago last weekend, you're thinking, okay, yeah, it's matter yeah. time, game on. Yeah, we still had a blast, and it's kind of our Thanksgiving tradition now. So now we're we're burning a, a big old trip up in the dark up to the Northern 70. The family's up there waiting. Uh, we're going to do Thanksgiving on Friday. Yeah, no turkey today. No turkey today. As a matter of fact, we're eating pretty much gas station combos and Red Bulls at this point. Um, but yeah, what what a day. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody who's listening. You know, just lay a little framework for y'all on what we're doing. If you hear a little road noise in the background, that's what's going on. We got a long drive to kill. We thought, man, we should record a podcast. So we've been meaning to get back to you guys on an update on some of the Habitat podcast properties that, that we're working on, that we're hunting, uh, that being the new 40 acres and the uh, fairly new Northern 70. Uh, big changes, you know, not in innovations, updates on, on what's going on since probably the last time we talked about the Northern 70 for sure. Then you guys haven't even heard about the the what, I, what I've been calling the HP40. Not sure I like that name yet, but that's what I'm going with, the Habitat Podcast 40. Um, lot, lots to tell you. We told you we'd come up. We told you we'd give you an update on kind of how it all went down and where we're at today. So... Yeah, and I think I think the fun thing is is that you know we kind of look at each other, and I was telling Jared like last week, you know, you launch on Fridays, you launch Friday morning, it's available, and you know, and he's been doing pretty good with that. And going, I you're, you're rocking the schedule, just great. I go stay on it, you know, and here we are. And I think people understand that it's busier than heck right now, you know, as far as hunting season and holidays and family and everything else. And let's try to find a way to squeak something out, get something out there and keep it yeah. relevant. And because, you know, everybody out there in the listening uh, world out there is so important. And, you know, I look so forward to hearing things launch on a regular basis where Friday it's there, let's get on it. And it's it's pretty cool. And when it's not there, it's kind of like, eh, okay. But 
but that I think it just sends a message. I think that shows you know how much everybody means to this podcast and getting something done. You know, so yeah, yeah, good point. I, you know, a, a lot of the podcasts we follow and everything else, like people, you know, it's a holiday. I expect breaks are, are taken. You know, people are spending time with their family. Nobody's probably listening to a podcast on Thanksgiving. I get that. I just feel like we got to keep the train moving. Um, and we owe it to the listenership. So, and there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. So, well, yeah, we, we got stuff to yeah, talk about. So. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, we appreciate you guys. Happy Thanksgiving very much. Uh, very thankful to be in the car with my dad, my best buddy, hanging out, talking, talking deer, talking football, hunting, the whole thing. Uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying it with your family as well. And what we thought today we'd talk about would be more of a, like I said, the update we've been promising. All right, y'all haven't heard me yap about the 70 acres in a while. Well, because it was kind of the same old song and dance. Hey, hope the loggers are coming. Hey, hope the loggers are coming, right? <laughs> I mean, I think my buddy Sam told me, he's like, hey, can you do another podcast on, hey, the loggers are coming. I get it. Um, well, guess what? They've been cutting now for about five weeks. I'd probably even say six weeks. And uh, I don't know, man, you saw it. You know, I guess, I guess. Explain from somebody else's point of view because my point of view is is mine and this that's what yeah, I'm saying. You're probably a little jaded on your point of view because you've been up there a little bit more and you know, I think you've had these expectations all along and I I kind of feed off your expectations too, but I probably didn't have quite the sense of urgency that you had because this thing kept, you know, it's kept dragging out and everything else. But sure. But it's definitely a different landscape up there. And it's like, oh my gosh. And uh, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a mess. And, you know, they have a landing area on top and they cleared a bunch of pines. And- you had to go negative right off the bat. Yeah, you had to go I know. I know. But you know what? The turnaround for me was that they had to get down in the belly of the beast and to harvest some of the trees down there. They found you know, a pretty good opportunity for a road, a little bit of a road system down in their trail system. And I've never had such an easy walk down or an easy walk up, although it was long, down in there to kind of see what's going on and to, to really gain a perspective or an overview of what the property looked like. Yeah. You know, when they don't cut anything, we don't see anything any different. It's like walking through, um, you know, a heavy, heavy marsh or a heavy, uh, woods or whatever it is you can see what 10 yards in front of you and that's it you have no idea what's around you but when they start leveling some of this stuff and you kind of see the lay of the land a little bit and the actual terrain features and you know kind of how the the road's going in for their purposes as far as dragging stuff out it really opens up your mind and i got a real positive experience once i walked down there and started heading back up and you know, every day there's deer tracks in there and coyote tracks in there and critter tracks in there and a lot of activity down there. So kind of changed things for me. And I'm starting to maybe envision what it could be as well. And that's kind of a hard thing to do until you actually see something begin, you know, so it's, it's sweet. It, it's going to be so cool. Yeah. To, to your point, and you hit the nail on the head, which is, I was hoping you would, um, without even cluing you in, was kind of the vision prior of more of monotony or, or, like, or like a monotonous forest yeah like a monoculture where it was oh this lane is making all kinds of noise all right, I get this lane over here yep. was, uh, other lane. there we go 
but like you almost didn't know where you were. It was thick with beach brush. Right. It was steep. You couldn't see 40 yards. The whole property. Now we have kind of went with the infrastructure that the loggers have put in and the food plots they're making down on the bottom for the habitat plan, the land plan. And the canopy disappearing. <laughs> and the canopy disappearing. You know, awesome, man. I had this cool. vision and, you know, honestly, when I first pulled in, I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I first pulled in, it looked like a bomb went off. And I always say that to folks. I've done another logging job on my other 15 acres. I've seen it. But this was this was magnified. It's like a bomb went off. I'm like, oh boy. I don't even want to go down in the belly of the beast. Or my buddy Jason right. Lewis calls the belly of the heese. Man, he's, <laughs> get it? Yeah, I get it. I like it, Jason. Good work. Um, no, but you get a real I'm nervous to go down there, man. I want a real low gut feel when you first go. Oh, my goodness, what have I signed up for? You know, well, you went down there first, yeah, that was cool. And finally, like day two uh, or day three, I went down, I found the logger, he was dropping trees, and uh, man, was I impressed! I think, um, it, so, so in these land plans and, and these visions that we have, I think that's part of the the experience portion, part of the, you know, doing this for a while, you know, a lot of the listeners have the same skill and some of the guys who maybe are newer to it, maybe can't always see the forest through the trees because they're, maybe they're just, you know, getting the experience going. Um, and, and I understand that. I understand that thought of what's it actually going to look like? Like, what's it going to do? You know, I've been there. I've been, I've been learning as well. We're, that's what we're doing here on this podcast. We're all learning together. But when I saw the roads put in, the food plots cleared, we're just clearing them where I told them to clear them. All's going down. Um, I don't think we're gonna be too too bad off. Well, you know, you I'm at Northern 70, buddy. I'm telling you what, I'm extremely excited. Extremely. You made an interesting point this morning when we're rolling down the road. You said when I first got started with this, with the plan, I kind of talked to my what your lumber, what do you call that? Your lumberjack or your Who? which guy? You talked to Rick. Okay, he, he's a logger. Okay, you talk to your logger, okay? And you were trying to explain and make it clear kind of what your goal was and what your vision was, okay? Yeah, because they have their goals, which don't always align Correct. with your goals. Correct. And it took probably four weeks of him down in there cutting, and he came to his own epiphany, if you will, saying, okay, I mean, he came back to you and you had a conversation with him, and he said, Gosh, Jared, now I, now I see what you're after. Now I see it, and I can envision it myself, and I think we're on the same page, and it's really cool. He was kind of excited, too. Right. And he was seeing your vision kind of come into fruition a little bit as to what you were trying to accomplish, you know? So... No, yeah, that, that's exactly right. I think, um, you know, he mentioned, I went down there, and I, I had to see it, and I was hunting down there around him, and I came around the corner, and he saw me, and I saw him, and it's the first time I had seen it, and I was like, hey, oh, you got a big buck, big buck against this cooler right there. Oh, big yeah, there you go. Look Show at that. that. He's going north. Does anybody ever... It's a giant buck. Prop a buck up in the back of their truck so everybody sees it. Well, I'm 75. <laughs> you sure do. Yes, yeah. a big buck, yeah, man. man. That's nice. Holy cow. He's riding our butt, too. Yeah, he was. But, yeah. man, that's a big buck. Nice. Um, it's, it's I lost my focus. Uh, Talking about Rick down there. Yeah, so the Rick's been doing this for 30-something years. He's my logger. And he said, I've only had two or three other people kind of want to go the direction you're going. I got you. I got you. Oh, and uh, basically, <laughs> what we're getting at is the logging operation is underway, folks, and it's going very well. Um, I was very nervous, and, I, and I, I'm around this stuff all the time. I recommend logging to every one of our land plan clients. 
and I was nervous. Um, but man, as soon as I got down in there again, we are good to go. Yeah, when you start butchering shit, pardon my French, and you see it all going down, it's all laying in a pile, and it's like, okay, what did I sign up for kind of thing, you know? Got to kind of bite your tongue, and I, I think even in your case, you have to kind of like do a little reset in your own mind. Okay, yeah, where am I at? What's really happening here? Is it legit? Is it on track? Is it you know you're still three or four years ahead of where you ultimately want to be? So you know you're not going to see the fruition or not going to see the results for a while. But I think he nailed it. I think he did a good job. Yeah, and, and you have to be able to see the forest through the trees. My friend, you know, you guys know Al from Vitalized Seed. Every he always says that. See the forest through the trees. Understand the trees, yeah. what the goal is. You know, look through the BS and see then then unit then goal. So long story long, the update at the Northern 70 is going very well. Dad and I are going to hunt it a little bit this weekend. The tracks in there have been uh, have been very apparent. So well, they're very fresh because. The equipment rolls up and down the hill, and you walk that road every day. And there's fresh tracks every day. I mean, they're eat that browse down in there. You know, they're probably pretty happy. So we've been avoiding. We kind of avoided the seventy for the first two days up at Deer Camp, as we talked about on the last podcast. But now it's like Evan put his grunt call next to that buck track. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I know it was soft mud, and the, the track was splayed out a little bit. But it's like four inch track. That that was a gigantic track. track i'm gonna put that track on instagram and facebook so you guys can see it but i was i mean there, there's so much potential up here and i'm just i feel really excited about the fact that you know some of the gut feels about the property purchase some of the gut feels about the location and some of the stuff that i went through to make these calls is is you know paying off right it's not it, you think you know what you know but it's nice to know that the stuff comes together. It just, it just helps build that program. Nice, right? nice to get a little reinforcement. And, and you know, we don't have any food yet. I mean, we have we have right, right. stuff. We know food plots yet, and this and that. So, we're anyways, we're we're excited. But you can get three or four guys down in there hunting, and sure. um, maybe not see anything or see very much. But you can go by where the loggers were and created a fresh new road, new trail, if you will, because they brushed everything out at night. And you see what we saw just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it's not there. Right. And there's a lot of activity down there, which is, I mean, I mean, keep you on your toes when you're out there hunting. You know how it is. You know, something's around, you're a little more alert. So yeah, that's really cool. That's good. I'm excited. I'm real excited. Well, those of you that have been our land plan clients, you guys know that like the first thing that Brian or I or Zach or Phil or Phil always say are, you know, hire a forester. Get them in there. I mean, 48 out of 50 properties are, you know, get a forester in there. Custom trees. The brand new 40 we'll talk about next. Same thing. But, you know, this is very, very important. And to find the lowest hole in the bucket, especially where we are up north in big woods country, there's going to be food. So we have part of the agreement that I worked out with the with the loggers. Um, we're going to have between three and four acres of food plots. I'd like more than that, honestly. But with the way the conservation easement works with the way the topography works with the way the uh access works i'm getting as much as i can so far i'll carve out more in the future i'm sure but i'm going for more of get those plots in while the guys are here with the equipment which we've also recommended our plans but also you know the, the timber a, deer, a deer's diet is you know 67 percent 
40 brows. So we're cutting the Aspen hard. We're going to make it a whole turnkey property, but those plots are going in and man, it looks cool. I have some spots for some rifle blinds that are going to be clutch. Um, that road alone, like you said, Dad, that infrastructure of that road, being right. able to walk down that right. hill without breaking 300 sticks, letting every deer in the county know you're coming down that hill. But I think it's really cool, uh, too, because you have young kids and I can just see your kids in the spring and summer ripping around on those roads yeah. you know, around that yeah. property down there. I mean, it's really cool. It's great. And the other thing, too, you know, I mean, it's really a uh, I wouldn't normally say shit show, but it is. You get down in there and you're already looking at, okay, where do I want to leave tops? What can I do to maybe clean things up a little bit? in certain areas and now we've already talked about having weekends up there maybe one or two a burn party weekend a saw weekend let's get up there and you know get your buddies up there and you want another excuse to get together for a weekend and have a good old time um and i think it would be really fun and just you know spruce things up a little bit and get some help from your buddies and yeah it's that whole camaraderie thing again you know i mean it's an opportunity and excuse both to do to do so well plus to be honest with you i need the help i know you do like um you know we're, we're gonna have these blinds set up we need access trails cleared you know we can't hike down the hill through a foot of leaves and, and broken right. sticks well what, what happened to it our buckboard this year well it used to be shaded okay it, was a it used shaded to be spot. a nice yeah. comfortable area we gotta build a new one you know when they eliminate a lot of the over story the trees uh, the pine the whole red pine they cut that whole five acres of red pine the wind hits it different the sun hits it different yeah so we had to actually hang a tarp up to eliminate the effects of the sun warming up our dead carcasses hanging there and yeah. uh you know we've already determined that's that's not going to be the place for the buckball we've and not only that because it's a little more visible now we probably don't want it there for a lot of reasons but well, we have spectators on the road yeah driving they, by they, turning they around driving back by looking at that nice eight point the does and right yeah, yeah once they once they remove the red pine to make the landing for the logging uh deck if you will um changed it changed it so we gotta move the buck bowl. and i think that you know i was talking to the logger yesterday no two days ago and he's asking me what we want to do with all the tops that they clear from the food plot right and what we're going to do is we're going to push them down against the hemlock grove. So there's food plot. Our food plots are tucked against a swamp. The swamp is a creek. It's full of hemlocks, uh, cedars, kind of kind of a natural waterway with some sunlight. Thermal cover as well. Thermal cover. Yeah, there you go. So we're, we're putting the food plots right against that. And then we're hunting, watching that, expecting the deer to come out of the cover, into the food. At a little bit of a distance. At a distance. Bow season, get a little closer, but that's kind of the idea. What we're, what we're going to do is we're going to push all those stumps and all the, the tops and everything up against those hemlocks, creating a screen. So they can't just bed in the swamp and watch us. So... All of this is it's, it's a continual program. Yeah, it's a, move, and, it's a moving equation. Moving target, moving, moving equation on, on what we're going to do. Because um, we can't just like walk down the hill and then the deer see us come and get in our blind and they never come out. Like that can't happen. So it's, it's the sort of stuff that we think about when, when planning these properties. And I tell you what, this one, the 70, is going to be one of the most challenging ones I think I've worked on. And it's ours. So. <laughs> And you're dealing with a lot of thermals in that particular 
It might it might involve situations as well. Box blinds with closed terrain. windows. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. You flip a switch on those thermals up there, and yeah, I don't know. Further up north, it seems like things change a little bit quicker sometimes for the temps. I don't know what it is, but and how many times did the wind hit you in the back <laughs> of the neck down there? I mean, yeah, it got right, me right. a few times, but. That's kind of some of the updates we, we want to give you guys. Um, we should be done logging by January 1st. That was in the contract. They've already asked for a 30-day extension. Imagine that, a logger asking for an extension. That's what I tease, but at the same time, it seems like loggers, builders, a lot of these trades can can drag out longer than anticipated, which it did rain a lot, and, and that was you know their excuse and their reasoning. Um, and I'm okay with it. Well, you, gonna, know, you know what? I think a lot of them. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm willing to work with them. I just don't want to get, you know, I don't want to. Here, here's the keys to the car. Go right, ahead. Like, right. No, but, you know, they're they're opportunistic as well. And they have to get their grips on their next job. And, you know, once you get something nailed down and you, you know, you basically cut them, cut them a check or cut you a check or, you know, for the for the wood and the timber and that type of stuff. You know, they're, it's it's like the next sale. Where's the next sale? Where's the next sale? You know, this is like old news now i got this deal i got this net going on so you do enough to keep everybody kind of that bay and happy and reasonable and but you got to be out there getting after it in the meantime to get the next one yeah so you kind of make promises and stretch yourself a little bit well there's always things that that happen right you know and and again no fault to them i have a great crew working on this property and they're going to be on the hp40 next most likely and uh really happy with, with what they've done i'm just kind of saying in jest like you know when you have when you you work with the builder when's it ever done on time right it's kind of that right, whole thing right. but um we have had a lot of rain up north and uh we're on some steep slopes so so life isn't always easy but right have you guys used a Packer Max Cultipacker yet? I know that being the first partner of the Habitat Podcast, I've been using one for over five years now. Guys, Cultipacking is one of the highest um, rated and highly overlooked part of your food plot system. It helps maintain soil moisture, keeps it in the soil, improves seed to soil contact when you press those seeds into the dirt and ensures superior seed germination for all seed types. I do not plant a food plot without cultipacking. Guys, Packer Max and Lincoln over there, great company, great people. They have five different cultipackers available at PackerMax.com. And they also have a roller crimper combo attachment for the Packer Max. So that's what I use. I can crimp, I can pack, I can do everything with my Packer Max crimper combo. They even came out with a six foot unit at packermax.com guys be sure to utilize this piece of equipment when you're planting food plots to get the best success in your seed germination check them out packermax.com we have a code hpc25 at checkout to save money guys i want to tell you a little bit about my friends over at morse nursery i've been planting morse nursery trees from their nursery here in michigan since i've been doing habitat work on the 15 acres uh, right before I sold the 15, I had my apple trees budding and dropping apples. I had my chestnut trees dropping chestnuts, my crabs, the pears. Guys, Morse Nursery has been around for a very long time. Charlie Morse used to run the show, and man, their, their tree stock is unbelievable. Um, MorseNursery.com, fall is the time to place your orders for the spring. Whether you want chestnuts, persimmon, apple trees pears oak trees or any tree and shrub protection you know they even offer a survival kit for 10 bucks 
that will warranty your tree. You do everything right and it's still, you know, you get the drought or whatever, you still have a warranty. Morris Nursery offers that. Guys, they have starter bundles. They have a hardiness zone map on the website. Morse Nursery is my go-to spot for wildlife trees. I'll be picking up a load of the oldest trees I can get and bringing them down to a client of mine in Iowa and Illinois here very soon. I think if anybody's interested in cold, hardy trees, tough trees, good genetic trees that have stood the test of time, check out morsenursery.com. We even have a code if you're on Morse Nursery's website, you wanna save some money Use code HABITAT10, that's 10% off. We even also offer some dealer pricing, Habitat Pockets, we are a dealer for Morris Nursery. If you're interested in getting a good nursery, or I'm sorry, a good orchard set up on your property, let us know, we'll be happy to help. Guys, check them out, morrisnursery.com, Habitat 10. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We did get one doe killed off that property on last weekend. We had one buck. I haven't heard a buck grunt in the swamp, in the cedar, and in, in hemlock thicket on a doe. Um, he shot a coyote. What, what else we missed about the, the Northern 70 updates? I mean. No, we had more than one doe killed up there. Yeah, but not on the 70. Right. Okay. On the, the rest of the deer, the other okay. three deer were killed on public. In the, in the vicinity. Right. Yeah. No. Which public's good for like day one, yeah, and then it turns right, right off. Right, right. You know, right. No, I don't think you missed anything early. Um, I mean, Easton was up there today messing with the loggers, but my son yeah, with yeah. skaters watching all that equipment go down. But I think it's probably it. I'm sure a week from now or two weeks from now, it'll be something else to talk about up there. You know? So, yeah, I, I just think uh, having the new logging roads put in the infrastructure, I got to go buy three culvers tomorrow, have them delivered at the property for the loggers. Like there, there's stuff to do, guys. And and like, I guess what I'm, what I want to maybe wrap up with on the 70 is we took a blank slate property and just went full bore at it. And don't be afraid to do that. You know, if your hunting is not where you want it to be, make something happen, make some moves. You know, as soon as those chainsaws were ringing for a month, we have some of the best tracks we've seen in there. Um, every day, every day. Tracks. And that may be obvious to some folks who've done this before, but a lot of us on this podcast who are, who are listening are, are getting into this stuff and are trying to become better habitat managers as we learn. You know, it's very intimidating. I get it. I truly get it. But it's extremely rewarding when all the stuff goes your way and you realize like you have to get started. You have to cut trees to grow more trees and attract deer. You have to open up that canopy to get deer, to get wildlife. So we're on the way. We're on the way. So next, you know, I want to get into the, the Habitat podcast, the HP40. We kind of hinted on this on the podcast I did with Corey Francis, my good buddy. Um, kind of kind of a soft mention on there. My dad and I hunted it for the first time last night. It was pretty fun. Yeah. What'd you think of it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story about how we got to it. You know, how I found it, all that stuff next. But what's your first initial thought? And then we'll dive into it a little bit later. My first initial thought was I could not believe how quiet it was out there. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're kind of far enough away from busy civilization to where, you know, 
you, you could hear everything and anything out there. Yeah, there was no wind. And there was no wind. And it was, I don't know. I mean, the property to me actually looked pretty cool. I mean, uh, if I were just the newbie coming into it, not knowing any better, which I still am learning every day, I'd have thought, wow, this this property ought to hold some deer. You know, it's got some good cover. It's relatively thick. It still had kind of the park effect thing going, but it looked decent and had a few low areas with some standing water and uh nice blind that I hunted out of. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have called it a bad spot. I mean, if it were, if it were on public or someplace else, I'd have probably gone there and sat there and felt pretty good about it. But I don't know. I was real optimistic actually, because it's, it's one of those new experiences. You don't know kind of what you're getting into. And, you know, there's been reports of some deer in the neighborhood, but uh, until you actually sit there, eyeball the, the woods, you don't know, you know? Yeah, and I guess um, we closed on it. I guess I mean I I closed on it on November eighth and uh, got found the property through a podcast listener. Uh, you know who you are. Thank you. And and walked it. And it's it's a half hour from home, which is very nice. It's a project, guys. Like I thought it was a project. After sitting there for about three hours and looking at it, it's definitely a project. Yeah, it's a project. It's a project. Um, I'm okay with that. I've never been afraid of hard work. It doesn't really matter to me. I'll get it done. I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever all the cliche comments are. But it's very flat. 40 acres, very flat. In the middle of a of a section. Houses all the way around, pretty much. Houses of property. Um, got, I think, I think there's one, two, three... There's at least five rifle blinds that surround this 40. A little discouraging. <laughs> five. Um, discouraging but encouraging, right? Ah, discouraging. <laughs> I can I can deal with it. I can find a way to make that work, but man, discouraging. Um, but it's kind of expected in this area. Everybody's got their own little 10 or 20 acre parcel, and we're in a more populated area. Um it's a blank slate. My access is straight from the north, so I'm heading south into the 40, and I'm off the road. Trying to give you guys a, kind of an idea on what this parcel looks like. Flat, lowland, square 40, access from the north. Lots of trees. Lots of all trees, pretty much. Park effect woods, no food, even the brows. Um, there's no brows. Everything's above the deer's head. A lot of white oaks, so they do drop acorns, and that's great and all, but... Um, it's not really a priority for me. Um, so as soon, I guess let's back up. I had, I walked in with, with the owner. I was interested. We came to a price. We figured it out. I'm probably at market value. I'm not getting a great deal. Interest rates suck. You guys get the picture. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to make sure that it perk tested in case we ever build a house out there or, or whatever. Something good to know. So I hired my buddy, Rick. He came out. Perk tested it while we were prior to closing. Then also I had my my timber company come down and walk it with me uh, prior to closing. So guys, these are tips that you can do if you're looking at a new parcel and you're not sure is this good, is it not good, what do I do? You know, give me a call, reach out to us, we'll help you out. Um, I think a little bit different perspective is always value, you know, valuable in terms of what. Well, so everybody's got a little bit different thought process, so. 
you know, you're going to, you're going to evaluate it the way you're going to evaluate it based on your knowledge, what you see, what you know, somebody totally outside of that is going to not come in the same way. They're going to, you know, they have their own yeah, different set of eyes. book of knowledge in their head and they're going to have obvious things that they see that you may not look at and different considerations, but there's nothing wrong with somebody throwing something at you, whether it's a seed of doubt or whatever it is, or something to think about. Yeah, a little de- devil's advocacy. Yeah. Bust your bubble a little bit once in a while, where you're all excited to buy something and you go, somebody comes in and spoils the party because it's not quite what it should be. But, you know, I, I think it's the same thing, too, with just like the land plan thing, okay? Getting a different set of eyeballs on something. Just to get that little confirmation or whatever it is. Just that check check mark, you know. Just yeah, check in the box. So and, are you totally out of your mind or no, you're not totally out of your mind. Okay. Yeah, this this can happen and we can, you know, make this work. So No, you're right. And I honestly like most of our land plan clients will be like, Hey, I think I know what I'm doing. I'm almost sure I know what I'm doing. Do you mind coming out and helping me verify before I cut right. everything down? And and I get that guys. That's you know. Hadn't, or if I haven't watched as many properties, you know, that I, I still have those questions, put it that way. So I think, um, you know, I had Corio, good buddy right. Corey, he came yeah. out one day, watched yeah. it with me. We got eaten alive out in September. Um, he was kind of quiet at first, and I'm like, oh boy, you know, well, you know what? I don't give think... me the good, bad, and ugly, buddy. And and he finally was like, not a lot going on here, kind of a blank slate. But then he is, I think his creativity, his brain started working, and he was like, Okay, well, we could do this. We could do that, and and that's kind of guys. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna paint paint it a different way than what it already is. It's but it's that, a blank slate. But that was kind of a soft observation. I mean, it was like it's not like you own it. And what can we do out here? It's kind of like, hey, bud, let's take a walk, and you know, it's kind of like throwing mud against the wall, see what sticks, and going, yeah, yeah. I do this, I do that. I think after you own it, it's a little more intense. Uh, as far as criticisms and oh, as far as that type of thing, because you're, you know, you've already, you've already stepped, stepped off the, the wall, whatever it is. But. Well, what's interesting is we're going to go close on the property on the 8th and the owner texted me about 20 minutes before closing. He smoked a giant buck. With his bow? It wasn't on the property. It wasn't on his other property. It was with his Jeep. Oh, God. He told his Jeep. So I... Called the, the title company. I delayed the closing and came out there and picked him up. Went back, got his, you know, brought him and his wife back, got the other car. He smoked a giant eight point. Uh, and then we proceeded to go down to parcel. I'm sorry, the, the title company and, and close on the parcel. But that's kind of some of the history of, of how the, the parcel was found, what it's like. Again, it's a square 40, it's a blank slate. And I mean, you guys, I got some cool ideas with the Patreon. We're going to start up in January. I think I'm going to build this property with some of the Patreon members. I think I'm going to like do a cool project with some of our supporters and our, and our listeners and make this a really interactive project. So I can just tell you this much. We hunted last night for the first time. All right. I put you in that blind and, and like put you in that blind. I said, you want to sit there? Yeah, that's right. great. And you were cool with it. Um, how was that blind? Was it nice? I thought he did a pretty good job on the blind. Um, carpeting on the floors, carpeting on the railings, flip up windows with Velcro. It was quiet in there. Actually smelled decent in there. Not like mouse piss? Not, no, not at all. So he did a good job with that. So no, it, was, it was it was nice. Um one thing I, I thought of while I listened to you here a few minutes ago. There we go. Was that when we were driving out there, 
there's a lot of private land around there, homes, things like that. And I'm not sure that they are hunting properties, but we were seeing deer, okay? Those five rifle blinds would be hunting properties. So that would be hunting properties, but we saw a couple deer and it's kind of like these deer are kind of bumping around out there on their own. Uh, no reason to be anywhere special. Probably no reason to be on Jared's property whatsoever. Why would you even go there? I mean, there's... Yeah, there's... Yeah. Really... I came to that conclusion as well. So, you know, I think part of part of the habitat thing is going to be the, the manipulation process. It's kind of like, what, what can I what can I do to, to at least get a look, you know, get a look from a deer, have a reason to be there rather than passing through. And I did. I mean, there, there are deer that came through there. I saw I saw, saw two spike horn bucks, um, probably brothers. They were like 10 yards apart, came through and. One had two antlers and one had only one antler. But, um, you know, the question was, why, why were they even coming through there? Who knows? You know, maybe we don't know yet. But there's lots of reasons for them to be a lot of different places and no reason for them not to be where they are because there's no pressure on them to be anywhere else. So kind of neighborly deer. I don't know. Right. Well, that, that's interesting because I, I watched the same spikes and I thought a little bit, a little bit different. I was watching them and they're moving through slow and they were nibbling on whatever they could nibble on, which was not Jack. Right. Um, but they also kept looking to the south, like, who's going to shoot me? They'd walk 10 feet and they'd look up and just scan. So I kind of saw that as, again, why are they here? They, there's no need for them to be here. I had three hours of noticing that how much work I have to do, the chainsaw chains need to get right. sharpened, all that. And was it true sanctuary or not true sanctuary? I don't think it is, man. I, I think it's I think it's a a travel pass-through type place right now. Um, yeah. The way that they kept looking ahead of them and just stopping and staring gave me the eebie-jeebies. Like, I was like, oh, that's not good. You know, there you go. what's going on in here? And they didn't look pressured at all to me. No, they were they all. were they were casual, just, but they were also cautious. Observant, yeah. Um, so we, you saw two spikes, and is that all you saw? The two spikes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I saw yeah. three doe that I bumped out of that corner after I dropped you off. I kept going. Right. I didn't hunt all that far from you. Probably probably hundred yards from you. But you're facing north. Yeah, you're to my west. I was facing kind of southwest. South. I, I decided not to watch you get all set up, so I just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of saw you over there. I go, okay, yeah, there he is. Oh, could you really? Yeah. And, and I'm not sure that's exactly where you set up, but yeah, I saw you monkeying around over there and couldn't hear you, of course, but that was to my backside. Did you see me eating my peanut MMs? I did not see that. All right, good. All right. I didn't know you had peanut MMs. Yeah, well, I didn't share them. You didn't offer it. No, nope, I didn't share them. Peanuts, so. But it was, it was kind of fun. You mentioned when we pulled in there, you're like, man, it's kind of like opening day. Brand new property, yeah, never never hunted here before. You and me, like right. getting after this new piece. I felt the same way. Um, well, and it's not like you're walking onto public land at that point either. I mean, we talked about before we got there. Well, has anybody been in there? Maybe, maybe we not. Think not. Maybe but, not. Right. That's where the sanctuary thing came in. Like, and if you got a little bit of activity around it, maybe you'll duck in that forty square and kind of feel okay. But no, it was it was like a brand new new season almost, you know. Just again, I guess kind of getting to the plans to come after that first hunt. Uh I've never walked it without leaves on it. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the, the house lights you could see from different directions, the property lights you could see, the the sign of civilization, which I don't like. Right. 
Um, good or bad or otherwise. Good, bad, ugly. Yeah, I mean, it's theirs. Deer, you know, they get used to it. But that place needs to get caught hard and get caught hard quick. Right. And part of the deal that I had was as soon as I closed on the 8th, I had my logging team in there on the 14th, 13th or 14th of November, five days later, and they scaled every tree they're going to take. And I do think that I need to have them scale a few more, to be honest with you. Oh, it's really cool is that you but, can even get, you can get a vision, like you said. Yeah. Now I know, I, I know, I know what to do. I know what right, to happen. Right. You're it's saying, very okay. simple to me now. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know. And that just comes with time and it comes with seeing hundreds of properties and it comes with experience and, and it comes with a directive, a direction that you want to take this thing be to be able to see the end goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, so yeah, you can take off all the big stuff and maybe you want to do a little bit different something in this area. So hit this a little harder over here. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, and then they're still going to, after they cut, they're going to take a bunch of big white oak and a bunch of big soft maple. And I know, you know, People here, they're going to cut white oak to get a little anxious. I get that, but I'm not in this to grow acorns, and I'm not in this to grow, you know, bigger white oak. I don't think you're going to do anything to shoot yourself in the foot. Not there. I mean, there's a bunch of young white oak that are 12, 16 inches around. They're going to be great for dropping acorns as soon as we remove the canopy and let them prosper. So, and the soft maple, that's a good market right now. Um, That's just going to, you know, get taken out and put some money in the bank for more projects. What I do notice is that there's a bunch of maple they didn't mark that's younger that I either like them to take, even some aspen. Um, they mark the biggest aspen, but I'd rather they yeah. take some of the medium aspen too. And then I can take care of a lot of the rest of it with my chainsaw, hinge cutting and directing and creating right. kind of the more subtle manipulations that we've talked about that I've done on the 15, that sort of thing where you kind of finish work, if you will. Well, right? you know what? Sometimes that's the fun part too. To I mean... It's one thing to sit back and let a logger come in and do things, but it's, it's got to be very refreshing or a good feeling to get out there with your own tools a little bit and, you know, put the finishing touches on a few areas and manipulate a few things. Just, I mean, just get out there and actually do it yourself. You know, I mean, it's... Well, remember we were cleaning up the, all the, the uh, tulip maple saplings all by the yes. wood pile yeah. at the very last minute. Yep. I'm like, let's clean yeah. these all up. Yeah. I cut about, I don't know, 15 trees down in about five minutes. Yeah. Like that was, I turned that saw off and I'm like, wow, that was fun. Like I, like I missed that. I haven't had a good saw run. You know, the 15 was kind of turnkey, ready to go. Right. The 70, I'm waiting for them to do their big work before I do the finished work. And same here. Like I'm, I'm ready to get back in there and hinge cut some trees, make some travel corridors, the whole thing. Well, I think and, it makes uh, you more relevant, you know, it's kind of like. It does, but it's also fun. You do some chainsaw skills too. Right. Yeah. You know, by the way, if anybody's doing this, wear your helmet, your chaps. No questions there. Wear your helmet. You know, but yeah, man, big things to come. Um, I'm glad you were able to, the reason we're doing this podcast is because you're the only person that has seen both besides me. So right. instead of me talking right. to the, the audience myself and just talking to myself, no, it's funny. We, we get a good conversation little, going about added, added perspective. And uh, it's only like two or three times a year where we have each other as a captive audience of each other. And, yeah. You know, so now we've, we've had fun. We've had a good time here the last couple of weeks. And yeah, it's Fun to dream with you, buddy. Yeah, and I like how you're kind of seeing, you know, you, you've been a huge supporter of me, and, and I really appreciate that, and I love you for it, and uh, you're seeing things. I'm getting smart. I, I cannot believe <laughs> how naive I was for most of my life, 
and things are coming together. You know, if you listen to this stuff long enough, whether you hunt or don't, I don't hunt hard and heavy anymore, but there's just stuff that you, you pick up on and you go back and re- reflect on what you used to do and you start recognizing how clueless you were in life and how you ever were able to accomplish anything in the woods. But I'm excited. It's, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Well, you're becoming quite the uh, habitat manager, so I guess I need to ask you the rapid-fire questions. Well, wait a minute. It's starting to snow now. So... Oh, it's snowing? Yes, it is. Oh, boy. It is 26 degrees up here. 28. Okay, so, yes, starting to snow. You can ask me my repertory questions. Yeah, I think. Yep. All right. Favorite beverage at Deer Camp? It's the Bush Light is my number one go-to. Like father, like son. Well, it's just safe for me, you know, so it's... Oh, you got into that Traverse City whiskey that one night. Yeah, and the Buffalo Trace, Woodford Reserve. I can wander off the path and be dangerous, but no, I I can still... uh, Function very well, drinking my bush light, and I feel good about it. So, all right, all right. How about favorite venison recipe? Well, it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, if you don't cook a lot of venison, maybe you don't have a lot of recipes. You know, everybody goes to the, you know, the back straps and the bacon and the garlic butter and all that stuff on them. What really kind of hooked me a long time ago, I had a guy in the office I used to work with, and he would just do very simple recipes. He would take like his steaks and things like that. And he would trim all the connective tissue off everything. So if you have a small steak, you, you might end up being three or four morsels out of that small steak after you trimmed it all out. But get rid okay. of all the white stuff. What size are the morsels? Maybe one-inch diameter, two-inch diameter. But okay. take the time to trim it all out good because all the gristle and all the connective stuff and the fat, that on a deer it's not like beef that is the thing that actually taints the flavor okay so he taught me to do that he said you can take basically any kind of venison you know cut to do that but trim it all out nice spend the time doing that and he was doing nothing more than rinse them off maybe not quite dry them off roll them in the flour and he did have salt and pepper in his flour and get a half inch of grease in the frying pan real high temperature almost smoking and do like a minute maybe a minute minute and a half on each side take them out and doggone it those are just so easy and so flavorful and so quick that I would say that's probably, if I were to do something myself very quick and fast, and you know, probably my favorite recipe in that regard for time involved and everything else. So. Well, you're kind of not really making this very rapid fire. I'm trying to slow down your roll, dude. So. No, I'm kidding. That's an amazing recipe. Um, I'm just saying, you know, it's not. Remember the other night, I cooked the girls those ribeyes after deer camp. I had those two extra steaks. Right. And after we ate these choice ribeyes that were very good, they're like, what was this? That steak that you wrap in the in the breading and you fry. Your recipe. Well, hey. My girls, nine years old, wanted your venison recipe over ribeyes. I can't totally claim the recipe rubber stamp it. Sure, sure. But, but yeah, no, it's, and I would encourage people to try it. Flash fried. Yeah. Chicken fried venison. Yeah. yeah. Chicken fried tenderloin. I, I would call it kind of a flash fried type thing. Oh man, it's, it's delicious. But, you know, the, the whole goal at the end of the season each year is to eat your venison. Okay. Yeah. Prepare it in a manner that you're going to utilize it. And so it's gone next year. And it's, it's great to have you know, the ground up stuff and it's great to have the tenderloins and all that back straps, but 
I don't know, you know, rather than having just a mediocre little steak meal sometime, you can, I think, change your game up a little bit. That's a damn good recipe. He told me that, and I actually, you know, did it a couple of days in a row at lunch. Just ran home and did it. It's quick, and it's good. Good stuff. Hot and pink, and heck yeah. Normally, we Juicy. do that with fresh tenderloins at your camp, right? right. We, we didn't do yeah. it this year, yeah. but uh, normally we do. Um, all right, moving along. What do you think is most important, food, water, or cover? When it comes to the places you've hunted, which are, I guess, no, I know the 70s. I think, I, I think I'm learning that it's cover no matter where I go. Okay. I like it. You know, after day one or day half, it's cover. It's, yeah. What do you think after listening to all these episodes and kind of, you know, watching this, this program, do what it does and learning, what, what do you think the best habitat tool or implement would be? If you bought a new 40 and you were getting out there, what do you think it would be? have to be a, a chainsaw and all these safety equipment that goes around with a chainsaw. Well said. It's really funny. I was uh, at my mom's in North Muskegon about three weeks ago. They had a heck of a storm up there. And there was a lot of debris down out of the tree. She has a lot of oaks in her yards, in her yard. And had to be wandering in there. And my brother goes, look out. And there was this big branch that was coming down on top of my head in her driveway. I put my hands over my head and it's probably like a two inch diameter branch, but it clunked me pretty good. It, it, it cut my hands up and, uh, you had your hands over your head, but it's still my hands over my head kind of half ducking. Yeah. Just kind of like that natural curl up in a ball type thing, protect yeah. your vitals kind of thing, you know, what well, clunked me. In Feet a, up position. I never thought anything about it, except I had, you know, scabs on my hands for a couple of weeks, but I went through about three weeks of freaking dizzy spells and just kind of like vertigo, whatever it was. I'm finally getting over it now, but I could not believe what that branch clunking me in the head, not that hard, not that big, did to me. So going to be cutting stuff out there, guys, just down the uh, apparel, you know, get the safety stuff on. Chaps uh, and helmets. And, and if all you guys stuff. are out there and you're a doctor and you know what a concussion might be, which we told you you might have. Uh, yeah, I got concussed. Let us know because he wouldn't go to the doctor and get it checked out, stubborn dude. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, that was wild. You it were, messed with me. I wasn't going to go to duck camp or go to deer camp or anything. You I almost skipped like, duck camp, right? Can't quite get up out of bed. But uh, I mean, yeah. I, I've dropped a, a widow hanger on my head. I had a helmet on. Whacked me good, but helmet, I, I was fine. Well, but, even even with a helmet, I can still, you know, clock you. big enough for sure. Clock you a little bit. Always but, look yeah. up. Always look up before yeah. you start cutting. Right. Understand what's up there. Yep. And and like you said, don the equipment. The, the, right. The chaps, the helmet. Gloves. Whole deal. Yeah. Gloves. glasses. All it takes is uh, a quick second. But last but not least, favorite tree. Did I ask you this on one forty nine oh episode one forty nine point five? No, I, I don't remember. think so. No. No, you never drilled me for anything like that. Here we go. It's probably turn your world upside down if they did that. But oh boy. No, my you know, my favorite tree, I guess, would have to be like probably like a hemlock backdrop kind of situation. And you know, you hear it from a lot of different people. The evergreens that yeah. can give you good backdrop and good cover all year long. Um, I, I do like where some people have said, you know, find the aspens or anything else that are able to grow up in front of that to give you more front cover. But I would say that's probably it. Love the smell of pine and yeah. all that good stuff. So that would have to be it. And I'm not a big major tree hunter and bow hunter and all that stuff, but that would have to be it. My wife likes the branches for better <laughs> Christmas. Here we go. Every time we're at deer camp, you're tasked with, hey, go find a 
conifer and cut me some branches every year. I've already been tasked for this weekend to do that. Tomorrow will be that day. Well, thank God there's a, about a five acre yep. pine <laughs> pine cut done. There's slash laying everywhere. You build a pound if you need. Yeah, but my wife was so observant going, wow, it's my opportunity up here. We didn't bring a bring saw. The saw. No, we're I didn't bring it. Yeah. Anyways, hey, appreciate all your help, all your, you know, observance if you will observations all the things that you know you're another pair of eyes out there as well as the rest of the deer camp crew that that keeps all these projects moving forward so thanks for that yeah and i think too try to sneak out once or twice more before the end of the year you know i know a lot of times you get past this thanksgiving weekend it's pretty much toast for a lot of people's seasons but you know make the effort i i have to do that for me just get the hell out of bed. Just go, you know, I mean, whether you just sit in the woods for the day or whatever, but it's very, uh, a nice experience and you have good opportunities. Yeah. Something can happen out there. So. Yeah. Well, considering I don't have a buck hanging from the pole yet, um, I'm not done yet. No, we are hunting this weekend. Yeah, we're hunting this weekend um, and I all, all December. So Illinois is coming up. I'm going to go down there for a couple of days, but you know, second rut happens early December. I mean, guys. Not over. If your habitat's not what it's looking like, like what you think it should be, I get it how you can be discouraged. Kind of how I felt sitting on that new 40 last night. Um, I almost don't want to go back there and sit till I get some work done on it because yeah. I just know what it could be. But if you need help, we can help you with it. Hit us up at Habitat Podcast. Otherwise, thank you all for listening. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Everything's saving to everybody. Be safe in the woods. And uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Any feedback, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So other than that, over and out. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you very much for listening to the Habitat Podcast. Guys, we will be back with another great episode next week. I just want to say once again how grateful we are for the listenership we have and the the loyal listeners you guys have been and supporters of the podcast. For those of you who want to support further, we have free decals being sent out to those who leave us great reviews. Scroll down, hit the link to leave a great review. And then email me info at habitatpodcast.com. I'll get you a free five-inch decal in the mail right away. Guys, I want to thank our sponsors. Vitalize Seed Company at vitalizeseed.com. Exodus Outdoor Gear. Packer Max Cultipackers. Morse Nursery. Acres.com. Downburst Cedars. First Light. United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.